I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of the Deseret News. And as always, we're trying to elevate the conversation here and connect a few dots for you and divide the rage from the reason. And we always want you to help out in that process. You can do that on our Utah Community Credit Union KSL text line at 57500. Always want to hear what's on your mind and uh, how you think we can move things forward a little bit better. Uh, we're going to talk now with uh, our good friend Jay Evenson uh, from the Deseret News, and uh, he's making the case that uh, all of the chatter going on around national monuments uh, is something our grandchildren will probably still be fighting about <laughs> in the days ahead. Oh, Jay, you know, I thought I thought we had this. We were going to get this reprieve on uh, on national monuments and federal lands, and we're just going to have this nice peaceful uh, space to exhale. Uh, but not so. It uh, it appears that uh, President Joe Biden is uh, likely to use some executive orders to at least start exploring the options of uh, redesignating some of the things that, of course, first President uh, Obama declared uh, by executive order and uh, President Clinton when he was in office. Uh, and then things that were undone by President Trump during his administration, <laughs> also by executive order. And now we're uh, on to step three. Uh, in this little tango trot. So are, are well, we going to do this forever, Jay? It's it's like I said in my column, it's like a a, a baby boomer's waistline on fad diets. It keeps uh, expanding and contracting <laughs> over and over again. I don't see any end to it. I mean, uh, you, you really have to blame Teddy Roosevelt, actually. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm being a little facetious with that. But if you go back to 1906, we were having a real problem in this country with pot hunters, as they called them. Um, stealing antiquities from uh, uh, ancient uh, um, Native American ruins uh, and uh, putting them up for sale or bid, and and it it was a real problem. And so Congress thought at that time that, well, uh, what we need to do is pass a law that gives gives presidents the nimbleness to be able to declare monuments to protect those antiquities. And if you read the Antiquities Act, it's not very well written. And I think that's part, that's part of the problem. <laughs> part of the problem, yeah. Part of the problem. It always is. But, you know, it, it does say in here that um, the president shall confine these monuments to the smallest area compatible with proper care and management of the objects to be protected. And um, that's up to interpretation, I guess. But we've had some monuments that don't seem small by any imagination but uh, you know the argument always is well that's the smallest that we could do to protect what needed to be protected yeah and i think that's where uh the the rub often comes when you're dealing with thousands and tens of thousands uh of acres of land uh, i'm not sure how many pots are are in in jeopardy in some of those spaces uh but the interesting thing to me too is that it uh the antiquities act you know was at least we're supposed to you know get an amendment there 
that I know has been fought over itself for years and years, uh, that it would require Congress uh, to ratify uh, any of those uh, that were done by by executive order. Yeah, you know, so the idea, as I said, was was so presidents could be nimble uh, to stop this as it's going on. Um, and so people have always resisted, well, going through the normal process with, with Congress to designate a monument. You have to have Congress to designate a national park, <clears throat> but not a monument. And so the argument's been, well, maybe we have them uh, have a time limit where, you know, uh, 18 months or so, Congress can come back and have to ratify what the president has done. Otherwise, it will be undone. Um, more uncertainty there with that, again, but uh, at least it would involve Congress. You know, we have a process processes in this country for a reason. Um, there's more than one side to everything. And um, the idea is that you, the people's representatives will vet those sides and will negotiate and come up with compromises that will be in the best interest of everyone. When you don't have that, then you end up having basically presidents having dictatorial powers when it comes to the creation of, of monuments. And, um, and so you have a lot of lingering and festering uh, resentments that come from that. And I, I, I don't think that's good for public policy. Yeah, and I think it also, uh, you alluded to this idea of uncertainty, which I, I think, uh, especially for our rural communities, uh, is very hard. You, you know, you have one president declare this a national monument, so certain things can and can't be done. Someone else undoes that, so then plans are made and money is invested, resources are committed, and then it gets uh, undone again uh, by the next uh, president who walks into the White House with a uh, an executive order pen. Uh, and that's that's really hard, especially for our rural communities who are really trying to find their footing uh, and yes. their path. Yes, and, and and they're the ones who often say that uh, they're left out of this um, conversation. And there have always been efforts by um, some of our uh, Utah lawmakers, Rob Bishop in particular, uh, most recently, to try to uh, to get processes in place where you can work out a, a compromise, a, a deal that you that you present to Congress and say, okay, here's the, we agree this monument needs to be. Um, preserved but but here's how we can do it so that all sides are are equally represented the problem with that is that as long as presidents have the antiquities act you'll never be able to really reach a compromise because that's the trump card right, right. and and <laughs> the side that wants the monument will always rely on uh the president can just reach in and and by by executive order uh create or in in the case of mr trump uh contract a monument uh, and uh, and so it continues on and on and on. Uh, if you're just joining us, we have Jay Evenson on the line with us from the Deseret News. And uh, Jay, you've you've tracked uh, this for uh, for a long time in terms of how this has impacted the state of Utah and a lot of uh, areas across the West. Uh, we know uh, places uh, that two states actually were able to get out of the Antiquities Act. Uh, That's right, Alaska and Wyoming. Uh, we know that today, and our uh, KSL's uh, John Wojcik and uh, Ricky Meese just reported uh, of this bill reintroduced by Senators Lee and Romney uh, that is really designed to protect Utah rural areas. Uh, and uh, it really just creates a requirement that it has to be done in conjunction with state and local representatives as well as Congress to actually get that to go. Yeah, and that's uh, that adds actually – uh, that state element that doesn't exist in, in the uh, exemptions to Alaska and Wyoming, um, those, uh, well, they're actually two different exemptions. Alaska uh, is limited now. The, the president cannot make 
a monument more than 5,000 acres uh, in Alaska, uh, period. Wyoming, this dates back to Franklin Roosevelt, um, they uh, are exempted uh, completely from making monuments unless there's an act of Congress. But the um, the Pure Act, as it's called, with um, Senators uh, Lee and Romney, that's uh, protect Utah's rural economy. Um, that adds in the state legislature, and I think that's uh, maybe may make it even harder to get that through Congress. Not only do you have to have uh, Congress on board, but you have to have the state legislature too. I understand the reasoning behind that. Um, the difference uh, between Wyoming, Alaska, and where we are today is that environmentalism has become really politicized, and uh, the camps are more clearly defined. And I think uh, it's hard to get down to the the merits of an argument when people have already staked their positions on, on these issues. Yeah, well, we'll continue to track it here and hopefully we don't have to do it to our children's children jay we can <laughs> yes. get some certainty there especially for our our rural community so important jay always appreciate your insight again we've got jay's piece up on our uh, social media page today and you can also read that at deseret.com jay thanks for weighing in thank you all right we'll go ahead and step aside for a quick commercial break when we come back uh, tomorrow is international holocaust remembrance day and we think we should start remembering just a little sooner Find out why next. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts.